And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, June 22nd. Glad to have you with us today. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, this is Live Till 5, our live local talk variety program. Every, every Friday, every Friday, every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here at KHMG 88.1. Glad to have you with us today. Today we're going to be talking about summer camps, among other things. We're also going to be doing a little what's in my, but not coffee this time, but something else. And it is Friday, June 22nd, 3.05 p.m. here at the KHMG studios. You can listen online, khmg.org. That's khmg.org. You can listen to a clear stereo live stream of our radio program. You can also download podcasts of this show and many other great programs that we produce right here at Harvest Family Radio. So go to khmg.org, download the podcast, listen online, right there at your desk. You don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore. Who would have thought? You can also let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us on Facebook. And then just follow us. Give us a little thumbs up. Leave us a comment about this show or anything else we're doing here at 88.1 FM. Let us know you're listening. We love to hear from you. There's no technological device that lets us know who's listening over the radio waves. Now, we can tell who's listening online somewhat, but we cannot tell how many people are actually listening in their cars, at work, on the little radio. So we'd love to hear from you. Just give us a little comment there. Follow us. Give us a thumbs up. Share our posts with other people that help spread the word about 88.1 FM. We've been on the air for 22 and a half years almost now, broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all across the island of Guam and now all around the world with the live stream. So please check us out in these other media portals and then let us know that you're listening. We love to hear from you. It is the month of June. We are well into June, and some of the June holidays, as I have listed here in front of me, let me look here. Looks like we have, for today, being June 22nd, we have a couple observances here. It is Midsummer's Eve. It's a de facto holiday. Uh, Day of anti-fascist struggle in Croatia, who just had a stunning victory over Argentina, 3-0. Good holiday for them. Remembrance Day of Victims of the Great Patriotic War in Belarus. Teacher's Day in El Salvador. Uh, Victory Day in Estonia is tomorrow. It's a national holiday tomorrow in Luxembourg as well. Midsummer in Finland. Architecture Day in Germany tomorrow. Father's Day in Poland. Midsummer's Eve 
in multiple countries uh, on Saturday as well. number of other things. National, International Widows' Day is Saturday the 23rd. Uh, Moldova celebrates statehood on the 23rd. National Pink Day is tomorrow. That's here in the U.S. One of those weird holidays. The Feast of St. John in Florence, Genoa, and Turin, Italy. The uh, Let's see here. Farmer Day in Peru on Sunday the 24th. St. John the Baptist Day, Sunday the 24th in Spain, as specifically Catalonia. Uh, and St. John's Day in Norway as well. Father's Day in Haiti is Sunday. Statehood Day, uh, let's see here. Independence Day in Mozambique on the 25th. International Day of the Seafarer is Monday the 25th as well. Uh, Discovery Day in Canada, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Celebrate that on Monday the 25th. Flag Day in Romania is on the 25th. A couple other interesting ones here for this upcoming week. Army Day in Guatemala is on the 30th. Uh, Let's see here. A couple others. St. Peter and Paul Day in Venezuela on Friday the 29th. Bunch of different things being celebrated in the month of June. I also got, I, I lost the list provided to me by Bob the Librarian. Sorry, Bob. But I did get his email from the fact site from the Lincoln Library online of what happened this week in history. He sends me this every week. And uh, enjoy this penultimate edition of the Fact Site Throwback Thursday for Summer Break 2018. Now, because it's Thursday, but this show's on Friday, I just say it's this week in history because some of these apply to the week. For example, this week, the summer solstice is celebrated in the Celtic world. For most of the Celtic world, there were uh, there were eight main festivals during the year. The celebrations took place on the date related to the solar calendar, which the Celts or Celts called the Wheel of the Year. The summer solstice celebration honored the power of the sun. It's a mythological thing there. Uh, let's see here. 1639, clergyman Increase Mather was born in Dorchester, Massachusetts. He's one of the one who um, what wrote a a article called The Cases of Conscience Concerning Evil Spirits, and that was used in the Salem Witch Trials. 1788, New Hampshire ratified the U.S. Constitution, allowing the document to take effect and become the ninth U.S. state. That's pretty cool. New Hampshire's a beautiful state, by the way. Uh, 1810, Zachary Taylor, President of the United States, married Margaret McCall Smith. In 1849, Margaret Smith Taylor would become the first lady when Zachary Taylor became President of the United States. He died in office after serving only 16 months of his term. His wife returned to their home in Mississippi, where she died in 1852, many years later. So they were married for, or she lived 42 years after marriage. Let's see. Oh, 1834, inventor and manufacturer Cyrus McCormick received a patent for his mechanical reaper on June 21st, 1834. Cyrus McCormick, this is one of those questions that wins you a lot of money in jeopardy. Uh, Cyrus McCormick, building on his father's idea for a mechanical horse-drawn reaper to harvest grain, received a patent for his design. It would be several years before they successfully manufactured and sold the machine. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's that's about it for what's happened this this day in history. We want to give a little shout-out to Helen Middlebrook, who provided this book, Accidents May Happen, 50 Inventions Discovered by Mistake by Charlotte Fultz-Jones. This is my segment called Happy Little Accidents. We've talked about everything from different medicines to different uh, devices that have been really created by 
stroke of genius, little touch of inspiration, and then, in their opinions, accident. Microwave cooking, for example, probably not the best, probably is the best cooking discovery since fire. In fact, it might be better than fire since microwave, instead of flame or electric element, cooks the food. Microwaves are short radio waves, similar to heat and light waves. They work by motion. They cause the molecules in food to move, which produces friction, simply like rubbing your hands together when they're cold. The friction produces heat in the food, not in the oven, and the heat cooks the food. There's a legend behind the use of the microwave for cooking. Percy LeBaron Spencer was employed by the Raytheon Company during World War II. One day in 1942, he was working with magnetrons, which produce microwaves. When he pulled a candy bar from his pocket, it was a melted mess. Although Spencer was working on scientific experiments, not trying to invent a new way of cooking, he realized that it was the microwave that had melted the candy. Spencer knew that if microwaves melted candy, they would cook other foods as well. The Raytheon Company agreed, and by 1947, it introduced the radar range to the public. The first ovens were suspected of causing health problems, though, but the new models are safe and the factories instru- if the factory's instructions are followed. The only disadvantage of microwave cooking is that some of our nursery rhymes will have to be rewritten, like this one, patty cake, patty cake, fast food man, zap me a cake as fast as you can. There you go. Anyway, rayon, the fabric. If you're not wearing clothes containing rayon, you might be sitting on upholstered furniture, standing on carpeting, or riding on tires made of rayon. Rayon was once called artificial silk and was invented by a French chemist named Hilaire de Chardonnay. In the 1860s, Chardonnay worked with Louis Pasteur uh, to save the French silk industry from a sickness that threatened the silkworms. Because of such problems with silkworms, Chardonnay knew it would be useful to find a way to produce silk artificially. One day in 1878, he was developing photographic plates in his darkroom when he spilled a bottle of collodion. That's a solution of nitrocellulose in a solvent of ether and alcohol. Because he was busy with the photographs, he didn't clean up the mess right away. When he finally got around to it, part of the solvent had evaporated, leaving a thick, sticky material. As he wiped up the mess, long, thin strands of fiber formed. Chardonnay realized that the fiber was very much like that of the silk from silkworms he had worked with while assisting Pasteur. Chardonnay worked on his discovery another six years before he got protection from the French Academy of Science. Such protection is similar to an American patent. He continued to develop the new fabric, and he showed it at the Paris Exposition in 1889. Another famous chemist, Edwin Slauson, said... At last, man has risen to the level of the worm and can spin threads to suit himself. The new fabric was called Chardonnay Silk in 1924, was renamed Rayon because it was so shiny that it seemed to give off rays of light. And finally, the last happy little accident before we take our first break here. Stainless steel. Have you noticed that some metals rust and some don't? Ordinary steel rusts. This is obvious in steel car bodies. If the paint is damaged, weather soon causes the steel beneath the paint to rust. Why does steel rust? Because it reacts easily with oxygen in the air to produce crumbly red iron oxides. Stainless steel, however, does not rust, and its invention or discovery was accidental. In 1913, Harry Brearley, a metallurgist, was trying to find a metal suitable for making gun barrels. He experimented with combinations of metal, which are called alloys. After his experiments, he threw the samples into a junk pile. Several months later, Brearley, it's a hard name to say, Brearley noticed that while most of the rejected specimens had rusted, one had not. He analyzed it, 
and realized that the specimen that wasn't rusty contained 14% chromium. With this discovery, stainless steel was born. Today, most kitchens are full of stainless steel. Pots and pans, mixing bowls, flatware, knives, and many kitchen sinks are made from stainless steel. So so are many surgical tools and automotive tools and parts. And there you go. Some happy little accidents for you. Just a fun little list of things that good conversation pieces. And you can say you heard about it on Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 270 on this Friday, June 22nd, 3.16 p.m. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back after this. We're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, episode 270. And we've got a studio full of people today. From my left to my right, I have Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager here at Harvest Family Radio. Chris, how are you today? Doing fine. I don't think my mic is on. Uh-oh. All right. We're going we're gonna to get Chris. He's Chris doing rolling. fine. He, he said doesn't yes. think he that said his mic he is, is on right now. He's doing fine. Yes. He does have uh, a voice, yes. Now we have a new voice. And uh, this is going to be, you know, some of our listeners are just going to go crazy when they hear who we have here with us today. We have Jet Conda with us on the air. Jet, have you ever been on the radio before? No, this is my first time. Okay, all right. Wow. Well, you're you're going to do just great. I can I can tell already. You're you're what we call a wingman. You're just kind of here along for the ride. Whatever we do, you get to do with us. Chris, is your mic on now? I believe so. There we go. Great. Okay. And our listeners were hanging in suspense. And Sebastian's here, of course, as well. He's going to be bringing us a quiz a little later. Good old Sebastian. Good old Sebastian. And then we have Josh Taylor. No stranger to Live Till 5. Been up here many times. Josh, how are you doing today? You know what? I am hanging in there. I just wanted you all to know that after loading the container today, today was a big day with, uh, with Harvest. I unloaded the container and I went to DMV and I went to Home Depot. And I ran over to pick up my son, Devin, and I haven't changed my shirt one time. That's great. Haven't That's even done a fresh wonderful. up on my deodorant, didn't put any extra cologne in. You guys are getting the full Josh today. I'm, I'm reminded of how small the studio is at times um, when, <laughs> when we have these close close the sessions. AC. Oh, yeah. and it's a long sleeve shirt, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, at least it's made out of rayon, which I just talked about on the air. So this, there you go. This shirt has captured... 12,615 steps of my sweat today. Wow, that's a lot of steps. Just just in case you're wondering. Wow. Okay. Well, guys, uh, you know, one of one of the things I hear the most from our listeners is that they just love the what's in my coffee segment. I get so many people say, "Oh, I heard you talk about the food," or "I just love it when you guys talk about what's in the drinks and stuff." And so today, it's summertime, we want to liven it up a little bit. So we're going to do a very similar segment to what's in my coffee. We're going to call it what's in the bag. I love, how, I love how you transition directly from my sweaty shirt into, you know how much our listeners love to talk about food? They do. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to you know, no one's probably eating right now unless they're uh, 
on their way home from like Taco Bell after Sunday night church. Jared, this, are you are you this is my a, a big bag of fun? It is the big bag of fun uh, for the listeners at home in the theater of the mind. I'm carrying a giant white trash bag called the big bag of fun. I actually, wrote it on there. Stand by. It's the big bag O fun. There's just the O and then the apostrophe. Just for that little extra flavor, because we're I, going for flavor. I have some drinks here that we're going to each get one drink, but uh, we need to pick a number between one and five, and that will determine which snack and drink you get. So First is the worst, second is the best. Two. Two? What number you want I'm there? number one. Number one? I get four. Four? Five. Five. That gives me three. Okay. All right, so <laughs> he was, he was he calculated. Yeah, I'm like, oh boy, two. There wow. you go. This looks a lot like the uh, deposition activity I do with my it, students. I, I noticed that I one. Does, there you yeah. go. Yes. It's, these are these have I not have been opened. I'm three house. here, so they have not been opened. I did not alter them in any way. There's they have number four wow. there for you. Jet. They have not been opened in. There's number how, five for you, Chris. How many years have they not been opened in? Uh, this one these are uh, these. So here you go. One of those vintage. What's in my bag is being played with drinks and snacks that you can pick up. At the uh, local gas station right down the street today. They are actually available. So, listeners, if if it is enticing in the way that we describe these drinks today and these snacks, then you can just pull right into the mobile station. We'll give you all the details, and you can actually pick up the same exact snacks and recreate this around your dining room table. I am very impressed at how cleanly you got these labels off. So cleanly, in fact, that I'm starting to question whether or not these are actual. No, they drinks. are. They are. They are. Because and there is not a single thing of glue residue on my container. You guys, anything? He used Gugon or something. That no, is. I think he just no, no. washed the. Very impressive. So now inside the uh, bag of fun, I also have the uh, bag of joy and laughter. And inside uh-huh. the bag of joy and laughter, I have five snacks as well, and they are the. The name of the snack is obscured. Okay, the name of the snack is obscured. Here you go. But uh, the, I'll let you uh, read that to the audience there. That oh is... no, you're not number one. That's him. Oh no, sorry. Ooh. There you go. Ooh, dodged a bullet there. Yeah, you Man. did. You sure did. Dodged there you go. There. Number five. Here we go. Okay. Uh, when you get it, hmm. Sebastian, go ahead and read yours there. Uh, What's on the bag? Jane Jane. Sh- uh, Shinho Sing. Mm-hmm. OceanEnt.co.ltd. Yes. Number what country one. are they from? Taiwan. Okay. So you got the Taiwanese snack, which which uh, you'll get to describe to the audience here. Josh, you got number two. What, what well, do you have there? My first thing is, Jared, I'm only seeing a part of the wrapper. Does this mean that you actually ate some of the snacks to go along with this? No. Or? I just wanted to give you some uh, perspective. So I didn't want you just to have a random snack in a clear bag with no indication what the wrapper is because sometimes the wrapper might give you an idea of what, what it's yeah, going to be. Being a sixth grade teacher, I'm used to random snack in a bag and usually that is also accompanied by sweaty hands and uh-huh. fingers. And yep. so yep. I'm just guessing that goes with my theme yeah, for today. But there you go. Uh, I am holding in my hand number two, Kasugai from Japan, a happy present from the earth. There you go. That's that's actually part of the label. I have number three from Thailand. I was kind of hoping I wouldn't get this one. It says uh, snack bento, sweet and spicy, and then a bunch of uh, Thai characters. Not exactly sure. I actually do not know exactly what this is. I didn't pay real close attention. I just threw it in a bag. Number four, Jet, what do you have there? Mine's from L.A. It sounds healthy. That's it, veggie. That's it, veggie. There you go. And uh, and then, Chris, what about yours? I also have the That's It Veggie, and it's also, the great news about it is it's kosher and vegan. 
There you go. And uh, I know that's important to you. The <laughs> it is. <laughs> Jets has a yellow label. Chris has an orange label. And then, of course, we all have our drinks as well. So the question is, which one of those spent more time in the sun? Yeah. <laughs> Was it originally yellow? Yeah. Was it originally orange? These are all distinctly different. And so what I'd like to do is go through, and you can. we'll do drinks first, and then we'll do snacks. So listeners at home, we basically <laughs> all can see what our snacks are, but we haven't opened the bags yet. I wouldn't recommend opening it until right before it's time to take a bite. But then, And then we all have a drink in front of us, and these are all just things you can buy at the store right around the corner popular with the kids these days i take it yeah. and um this is a millennial treat right here so generally i'm thinking that you know having the drink after the snack is a good idea well but, you'll still but, have plenty but today i'm thinking i don't know which yeah. one i'd rather drink yeah. or eat first yeah well this this will this will help you just take it first first impression of the drink we'll go around and do the drinks first then we'll do the snack and uh, just so our listeners know what how good it is and uh, what you think it tastes like and then i have the big reveal at the end of what they actually are go ahead sebastian gets to go first because he's the number big, one the big reveal that's what we call it in the biz in the biz ah yes my favorite my least favorite of the artificial flavors okay my most favorite is grape okay my least favorite is banana okay and i feel like this is a banana Drink. Uh-huh. It, it tastes banana, art, <laughs> artificially banana. What's the color of it? Drink. Um, the color is, I'd say, a, a good tan color. Mm-hmm. What's the color of my skin? A good yeah. tan color? A good tan. Not too bad where, like, they over-tanned. Uh-huh. Or, you or know. artificial, like, spray-on tan. <laughs> See, the thing is, from my personal experience as far as in the culinary world, if you mix banana... With anything, the only thing you can taste is banana. That's what I've heard. Too. So that could be like, especially artificial banana. Yes. So yes. that could that, be banana squid. You have a tan drink that tastes like banana. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Josh, what does yours taste like? I, I, I was thinking initially that you just got different varieties of milk tea, um, and that could still be one of my one of my thoughts because it's got that milk tea look to it. But this is definitely a mocha mocha coffee ish mm. mocha coffee ish milk tea. Mm. Do you like it? Hint of banana. On a scale of one to ten, ten being awesome, one being not that great. What number would you give it? Uh, I'd give it a solid six. It's okay. it's definitely tolerable. Yep. Um, it was a little bit more tolerable before I gave my son Devin a drink, mm-hmm. and now there just seems to be a little different shade to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But other than that, we're all good. <laughs> it's all in the family. Uh, Sebastian, what number would you give yours? One being terrible, oh. ten being great. Uh, mine's seven. Okay, it's a pretty seven. smooth, you know, not too aggressive seven. drink. Yeah, I thought you, you said it was the le- your least favorite. Well, well he, it is, but, but he likes everything. But you like yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I like most things. When yeah. your least favorite is a seven, yeah, you're Man, easy to please. That I mean, is, if this, yeah, if this were some sort of fish drink and it tastes like fish, a I fish would, drink, that'd be a three. Yeah, there oh. actually, <laughs> there could be a banana fish drink and you still wouldn't know that was yeah. that it was fish because yeah, the, right. banana the banana would, would just hide it. Okay, I'm drink number three. Mine is a darker tan than so. It, uh, these have actually a numerical order. Sebastian's is the lightest. It's the color of. Dockers Field khakis, whereas Josh's is more like a uh, creamy mocha color, and then mine is slightly darker, more like muddy water. Whoa, honestly, yep. mine looks like darker. muddy. Yours is like... mine looks like muddy water, um, like a brown Midwestern mud with I'm, a little clay in it. I'm and telling a, you, it is definitely it's nice like, to be the lighter one for it's once. It's sweet. It has a it has a tea, <laughs> a hint of tea in it. But it has a hint of something, and I can't remember. And I'm the one who went and bought these things. Now, would that be a hint? It's definitely O-T. hint O T. It's a it's it's a it's a bottle of fun. I would give this a 
five. I just took another drink. Mine's dropping down to a four. <laughs> yeah. They, the, the first. Well, cup, they might have been every, better when they were ice cold, but I have had these for about every an hour drink and a half. I take. It's going down a little bit because yep. it's just like, yeah, okay, you know what is right. That it was started, that was novel. Yeah. It started as a six. Yep. Five. Gave it to my son. It's definitely a four. All now. right. Okay. <laughs> Jet, uh, yours looks similar to ours. Yeah. Was it taste like, like my favorite hub drink? My white R- mocha. Really? So let me try it. It looks like. Oh, okay. It looks like. It looks so deceiving. Just go with banana. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. It's just sweet. Sweet. So you set that drink down with some authority. I was afraid you were going to about sp- spill that thing. Oh, <laughs> I actually like it. Yeah. Yeah. You might get a text from me tonight and ask you what it is. Oh, I'm going to tell you here in a minute because I don't want you to be in suspense. Yeah. So I, I, don't I want you guys to know either. exactly what you're digesting today. So you like it? What? So on a scale of one to ten, ten being awesome, one being terrible, what number would you give it? I'll give it an eight. An oh, eight. Whoa. whoa Best drink is... of the day so far. Wow. But that we is... haven't got to Chris yet. So Chris. Okay. Yours. Well, yours is a little describe, different. I should describe what mine looks like. <laughs> Discouraging. It, first of all, it's got a, a sort of a childproof cap on it. <laughs> Seriously, and Could which means it? it looks like it was purchased at the pharmacy rather than at the. S- you can get store. it at the store, I think. Oh, you, okay. Oh, yeah. Xlax is available in many different. <laughs> no, yeah. this is not. There's no. And you'll then, have no side effects. And then on, on top of that, it's kind of in a milk of magnesia <laughs> sort of bottle. I, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. And it's very medicine-y smelling as well. Okay. You could ensure but, the safety of your si- children by right. making sure that that cap right. is on tightly. So I'm going to try it. It's chocolatey, I believe. I think I've had that drink before, actually. It's you, chocolatey, but it has. Sort of a, a sort of an antiseptic flavor to it as well. Okay, okay. So you can tell that it's more than just a chocolatey drink. <laughs> okay, okay. Like they're trying to slip something else in there. Okay. So <laughs> I would give this. It doesn't seem like a drink to me. It seems like a task. So <laughs> you gotta check that off in the right, morning. Right. Eat so your prunes. I would drink say that. this is probably like a, a three. Okay. On a scale All of right. One to ten. Well, the for the listening audience pleasure, let me go ahead and reveal what these drinks are before we get into our snacks. Uh, number one, banana milk tea. Oh, Assam I banana knew it. milk tea. Number two, coffee milk tea. Coffee milk tea. Why there don't people just make up their minds? Coffee, tea, yeah. milk. I mean, it's yeah. like one or the other. Yeah, That's on. like a, maybe a British person married an American person in the 1800s, and they had to make coffee milk tea because mm-hmm. you know there's sensitivities there. Uh, number three, I just have a straight up milk tea. Uh, which is unusual because mine doesn't have coffee, but it's darker than Josh's. Weird. Number four, strawberry milk tea. Strawberry, strawberry milk tea. Very popular. Yep. Very popular. Yep. And uh, five is a glucerna shake. Right. So that one was left over from I when knew past, it. Pastor Joe left that in the fridge. I needed a fifth drink. And I so, had that one. But it's gotcha. not expired. It has vitamins. Show. You're probably healthier for it, Chris, uh, out of all of us. <laughs> probably. You, you actually won the drink lottery you uh, actually, today. Even though you yeah, can't feel your tongue right now, you probably yeah, it's, are. Yeah, it's got like 58 vitamins and minerals, and it's diabetic friendly. Okay. So it's, I did it's an good ad for, for that last time because you were like, you can try one of these drinks or you can try one of these glucerna drinks. Oh, that's I, I right. Advertisement. That's for right. It, I remember. Like really this healthy. is like a year ago when I was also struggling for content. <laughs> yes, I remember now. Okay, so now it's time to go to our snackage, oh, and boy. so I want you to describe the smell, the texture, and the taste for our listeners. Okay, and then give it a scale of one to ten. I want the next time that you ask me to come on live to five, I want you to let me know. Hey, Josh, today. 
just want you to know I'm struggling for content. And so <laughs> if it's a struggling for content day, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest some things rather yeah. than just a hey, we're no, feeding you. No, it's 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 I'm treating you to a special treat. This, <laughs> okay. Sebastian is number one content day. What you got there? Well, what? I opened it up. Smell, and taste, and texture. Like fish. Okay. What does it look like? Um, it looks like it looks like um, uh, shriveled up fries. If it was one of those gummy candies, it, I would be all over it. It's because that's kind of what it looks like. The um, oh no no no, uh, big chew. Uh, the yeah, um, big league chew. Big league it does, chew. and actually oh, has that yes. same feel too. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, and it which is, is chewy. Yeah, which yes. is but gum. it also tastes. I can smell it from here. Fishy, fishy, yeah. and it smells so fishy. So I'm eating a chewy, fishy, but it's a shriveled up fry. Yeah, it looks like it came through the paper shredder. Right? Doesn't you, it look you like do, a paper shredder? And it, literally, yeah. It's like a French fry that was shriveled up. I okay. just I just want the audience to know, as as Sebastian builds up the courage to take a bite of that, I want you to know how excited I was that when Pastor Jared handed that to me, he said, oh, wait, that's bag number one. It yeah. needs to go to Sebastian. Yeah. Josh breathed that a was, sigh of relief. Wait a second. That was not a sound effect. That was an it? actual sigh of relief. Yeah, I, I took yeah, I, did. I, I, oh. I ate a piece yes. before you wow. guys even. On a scale of one think? to ten, ten being awesome, one being terrible, and seven being banana flavor, artificial, uh, what number would you give that? I'd give it a one. A one, okay. So Destroyed. you probably wouldn't get it again. No. If you, you you'd rather go hungry than eat that. Yeah. Okay. You, you probably <laughs> right. wouldn't get it. Again. Okay, Josh. Hey, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, his snacks from Japan. My by the son way. Devin and I are gonna we're gonna down these together. Uh, we're gonna eat we're gonna these need together. To this air is out a the this studio is a kasugi, yeah. a happy. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm gonna enjoy a happy present from the earth. These are uh, about marble size, small marble size. They are a lime green. With a uh, white, uh, honestly, it looks like a seed. Now that I uh, I teach, I teach science, and this looks like a dicot seed. For those of you that are wondering, uh, looks like it already has started to sprout. Which my wife informed me today that when they start to sprout, they're actually healthier for you. So without question, this is a happy present from the earth. Okay, All right. Devin, Let's are you taste ready? Taste them and uh, get Three, it. Two, get your opinion. one, down it. Wow, bold. He took oh, like crunchy. five at a time. You gotta get the mouthfeel. That's a that's a term that they use. What? Mouthfeel. <laughs> the food. It has to you have to describe the mouthfeel. Huh, okay. It's crunchy. There's very minimal taste. A little bit of salt to it. Other than that, it is you guys have had Kix cereal before? Yes. Yeah. yes where I it's hated like it. the cereal that almost has no flavor? Yes. That's very similar to what this is, but it's almost worth having more, and I'm going to eat more. Devin, do you like them? Would you eat it again, Dev? Yes. Yes, okay. Be- because right. they uh, they just have a good crunch to them. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. So Josh likes his. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being great, one being terrible, what would you um, give it? I would give this, this, this one, and it's not going to change. I'm going to give it a solid 6.237. Okay, that's favorable. He'll that's favorable. That. I'm gonna hold you to that. Six point two three seven. Okay, now for mine, I was really hoping someone else would get this, <laughs> um, because I kind of know what it is. I, I mean, I know the general gist of it. As I, as I look at it, first off, it looks like it's the color of a bandage. Okay, and it's sticky like a like a self adhesive bandage here. <laughs> it's sweet and spicy. And it has the word bento, which I was thinking was going to be Japanese, but it's actually from Thailand. It's sticky to the touch. Almost feels like it could have 
a little bit of uh, molasses on it or something. It's very sticky. Ladies like, and gentlemen, when he says a bandage, like seriously, like a used bandage. Yeah, that's I, I, that's I just, where I was headed. Okay, and oh, so I got a little this cut is here. You ain't throwing me this some is, of that uh, stuff. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> it's sticky. It's it's. It looks like a roasted, flattened something or other. Pretzel. It, oh, 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 it smells like the streets of Bangkok. If you've ever been to Bangkok, this it, this little Ziploc bag will take you back there in a moment. <laughs> it smells like the streets of Bangkok. Let's see what it tastes like. Hold on. Oh, it's crunchy, huh? Mm. Oh, that's me. I'm mm. still uh, eating mine. <laughs> mm. He likes it. What? Mikey likes everything. Um, this not bad. You get hit initially with a sweet, followed by a heat. That there's a there's a hot like. <clears throat> almost like sriracha heat where Sweet it kind of goes all around and then you get just an aftertaste of fishiness ah so great and, it, and it's it's flat like paper one. sticky not bad i'd rather get the fish out of the way first and then have those yeah other this things. the fish hits you <laughs> exactly after it's it must be the way they process it it's definitely sticky and sweet on the outside then it's got the heat next to that and then that's all covering up the flattened fish Whatever, whatever it is, and it's it's as thin as paper, aka, and you have to chew on it. You're eating fish skin right now. It, it could be, could be, and uh, it, but again, the smell, like one of those warm summer nights, on the streets of Bangkok, right next to the fish market. Okay, all right, uh, Jet, let's let's uh, hear hear what yours looks like, well, smells like, me, tastes like. I think I picked up the right number. Okay, it looks like a protein bar. Without the filling on it, so it's pretty bare. It looks like sweet, but let me try it. That's a hint of crunch. I'm just gonna try to use. It that looks one. a little bit like Rice Krispies or like something. Like mini cocoa balls. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably not that <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Is it all you hoped it would be? No. <laughs> it's total opposite of what I hoped it would be. <laughs> So it's not. I'm gonna sweet. use that line elsewhere. No, it's not. This is the total opposite of what I was hoping it would be. <laughs> I dare you to say that to your people, wife after dinner people tonight. People talking on. Say this was the total opposite of what, what I people hoped are it saying would be. about this show, right? That's exactly <laughs> this whole segment. So what does it taste like? Awful. Really? So yeah. um, is it like earthy? Does there it any, taste like? Is there any fish to it? Yeah, it's like fishy. Is it really? What? Seriously? Oh, yeah. so wow. like healthy and fishy, that's the worst thing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't yes. have expected that. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, ten being great, one being terrible, what number would you give it? Two. Okay. All right. Just to two. be kind. Just, <laughs> just in case. What someone listening is the person that made that poor thing. You just what don't did, want to hurt their feelings. What did you give yours? I gave mine a solid five. Yeah. A solid five. Yeah. I would I would eat it again. And then I would brush my teeth. <laughs> okay, Chris. I have the same thing that Jet has, and I, I would have assumed that it was veggie because it says veggie all over it. Yep. And it yep. says it's uh, gluten-free, uh, non-GMO. That's it, veggie. Yeah, so let me try it. Yeah. It's fishy, though. Is How? it really? Why is it fishy? Is it? Wow. Are you guys sure you're not just smelling my fishiness? No, no I'm pretty sure. I actually didn't smell really? yours. Could I smell yours? Yeah, here. I'd like to shove my nose in there. If you've ever been to an no, Asian and, destination. And what I mean by that is it's got... Uh, yeah! <laughs> Put my nose way too far in. <laughs> it's not that bad. Hmm. It's fish. It's not as bad as it could be. Yeah. 
for a fishy veggie bar. So maybe, Chris, compare I, what it looks like to what it tastes like, because I think the look is deceiving. Because I mean, you guys it, it seemed looks, really relieved when you got that bag, and then now not so much. It, it's 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 kind of um, it's got it's little brown puffs that probably are veggie flavored puffs, and then there's some pieces on top spread around that I can't tell what they are. But there's little pieces of, I don't know. It, it looks some, some brown stuff. So on, on a chips. scale of one to ten, who would have thought that ten being you would love to wash I, this down with a big glass of Glucerna uh, diabetic <laughs> drink, oh, or one being terrible? I, I what number take, would you give it? I would take that over the Glucerna. Okay, what? Definitely. <laughs> Jet struggling over here. And uh, oh, you had to eat the whole thing, huh? No, no. He just took one bite. He's still just uh, oh, he's still, the oh, repercussions. Wow. So what number would you give it? I would give it maybe like a four. No, oh, see, different strokes a, for different folks. You gave it a two. I don't know. I felt like it was okay. You're, All right, Jared. You're oh wow. So I'm going to give you guys but the rest wait. of the packaging. There's more. So Sebastian, here you go. Oh, Sebastian great. had number one. You can read what that is to everybody. Yeah, it's the Pollock fish snack. Oh. And I think yep. that's what it's. I think it's got like shrimp and fish, and it's all rolled out into. Uh, remember a, how I said if my drink was yes. fish, it'd be like a one. Yeah, and then I get the fish snacks. So yep, that's uh, that irony. It's just the perfect. irony of the show. Here you go, Josh. You have number two there. Yep, it's the roasted green peas, and honestly, I like these better than I like regular peas because I'm just not into the peas. Yeah, they sell these at all the grocery stores too. You yeah. can get these at which, good snack mix. Which proves my my dicot theory because uh, the the seeds that we uh, dissect in sixth grade are peas. Peas really? and beans. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I have number three here, and it's a seafood snack bento. And although everything's in Thai on it, you can't really see. I believe it has, um, oh, it's a seafood snack, sweet and spicy. Surimi Mix Squid Bento brand. Oh. It, that, that didn't help at all. Um, but it has like fish and squid pulverized, liquefied. Pressed into a paper mold, run through the shredder, ran over by a, a truck uh, leaking out honey all over the place, and then dried in the sun on the sidewalks of Bangkok, and then delivered to us here on the show. So there you go. Not bad. Okay, Jet, what's yours? Now I got the protein veggie bar. Yeah. It says beans plus pictures of corns. <laughs> <laughs> it just has pictures of corns in yeah. it. Yeah, it has. I think it's a black bean uh, health health bar. Where's the fish coming from? I, I honestly think I it's the power that. suggestion. After two fishy no. snacks, I think so. Well, I don't. I don't know about the power of suggestion, but it has that sort. Maybe, maybe it's just the sort of. Um, maybe it's like the oily nature of it that has something to do with it. But mine is a beans bar with carrots. A veggie bar. It sounds carrots. like a baby food, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, guys, for participating, we're going to take a break here, but uh, I brought you a swell prize. Oh, boy. It's it's coming from the bag of fun again. The bag of fun. I'm going to let oh, you guys big, each. Big bag Now, fun. Sebastian has seen these before because uh, he was actually part of this, but I'm going to just give you each a random refrigerator magnet. <laughs> remember your time on the air. Bye here. You can put this uh, right next to your bed, wherever you a sleep. Random you put it on the refrigerator magnet. Yep, uh, you each get one. Oh. I might be giving these away. 
Uh, they have the weight of one of your coworkers. You can erase that and put something else on there. But uh, <laughs> you can each describe what your random refrigerator magnet has on it. That was me. I remember that. Huh. Yeah. So, Chris, what's yours there? My refrigerator magnet has Kim Jong-un. Perfect. What a, what a way Which to wake up every day. Yeah, this will not go on the refrigerator. We could put it right here in the studio. Uh, Jet, what do you have there? Mine's a tired cat. Oh, the big, fat, tired big, fat, cat. Tired yeah, cat. that's right. Okay, Sebastian, what do you have there? I don't... A guy in a hat. Haas Cartwright from oh, Big... Haas. Uh, from uh, Big... Big not, Big Valley. Big Valley. Okay. No, and, or no, Bonanza. Uh, uh, Bonanza sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wrong show. <laughs> and then, uh, Josh, what do you have there? That's all, folks. Good old Porky Pig. Nice. How did okay. I get Kim Jong Un? And you guys? It got was all random. Those other it was totally characters. random. It was to- totally random. The sure way was. the way we drew those. So, well, listeners, if you're still with us, stick with us a little longer. We're gonna come back for a quiz with Sebastian. Guys, thanks. We're gonna uh, keep you around here past this little break. We'll take a short break. Listen to Live Till 5, episode 270 on this Friday, June 22nd, 3.47 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. More Live Till 5 after this break. We're back with a little more live till 5, 3.51 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Still in studio with me are all the fellas that were here. Chris stepped out real quick, but he'll be right back. Glad to have you with us. Thanks for uh, playing along with our little what's in the bag Oh fun game. Glad to have uh, Devin watching in the wings there, King of the Cannibals. Been on the show with us before today just as an observer, bystander. But uh, today we're going to do a little quiz. And Sebastian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's the quiz about? Well, if you want to go to camp, then you're listening to the right station because you're about to enter the camp of quiz. Okay, quiz camp. We're ready. Awesome. Yeah, quiz camp. Foreshadowing. I feel feel like Uh, I should have a buzzer uh, so I can bring it. This is a quiz on camps or camping and stuff like that. It can be quite Camping random. Or both. Camp. Both. Both. Maybe. Oh. We'll see. You just uh, have to answer One of our listeners, by the way, suggests that it's possibly Josh that brought the smell. <laughs> I... That the fish smell was not from Chris's snack, but it was from Josh himself. I don't know if I've hung out with any fish today, but I, hey, it is. It, it could be legit. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's get this going. Um... um this is just going to be some random questions you might feel, but they are part of camping and stuff. <laughs> we might feel that. Question number one. We'll start with Josh and go all the way around to Jet. What percentage of Americans make 12. s'mores on a grill? On a grill as opposed to a campfire? Is on this multiple grill. choice? Yes. 6%, 31%, 56%, or 95%. On a grill. On a grill. So not an open campfire. I've never made s'mores on a grill, so I'm going to go with 31%. I'm going to go with the lowest number, A, 6. 6%. Can you read those percentages Six, again? 31, 56, 95. 
I'm, I'm guessing there's part of the country that might do it or something, so I'm going to go with the 56 number. 56. Wow. I'll go with the 31%. Good job, Josh and Jet. It's 31%. Nice wow. This nice is according work. to the Honeymade surveys conducted. You know Honeymade, the Graham, the Graham cracker. Crackers. Yep. Yes. They would know. Which, okay, if you're going to make, here's, here's a little camping trip for, for Guam. If you are going to use Graham crackers in your s'mores, you have approximately 31 seconds from yeah. the time that you open <laughs> the bag. They absorb the humidity. <laughs> 31 seconds from the time you open the bag to when that sucker better be in your <clears throat> mouth. Otherwise, and the, and the bag is just wax paper, and so once you rip that thing open, there's no resealing it unless you bring a Ziploc bag with you. Okay, here's here's another question. Okay, we're um, ready for question two. If, if if you don't know this answer, you can just say pass because I'm not going to give you multiple choice. What is the name of a special sandwich made in a fire pit? Oh, that is definitely a ham hock. A ham hock? I, I can't say pass. Oh, a, a sandwich no made in a fire pit. So I go camping um, and they might make this kind of sandwich in there. Boy, I pass. I don't P- know. A panini, perhaps? Close. I pass. I don't know. It's a hobo pie. Hobo pie. You ever heard that? Two pieces of bread and you put like some pie filling in it. Yes, now I have had together. that. I just didn't call it that. Yes, yeah, like, I thought uh, that was the coolest thing. My friend owned one yeah. of those presses mm-hmm. and you yeah, put exactly. it in. Yeah. Oh, that's one of those similar to a hot panini, cherry pie. Though. It's kind of like, yeah. it's like yeah, a panini with white bread and yeah. pie filling and it, not it, a panini. Here's some, uh, here's some multiple choice for you. If you lived in the northern hemisphere, which side of the tree would moss tend to grow on? The north side of the tree or the south side of the tree? Uh, I just know that moss grows fat on a rolling stone. Um, but I would say... If you're That's n- not how the phrase goes at all. <laughs> moss does not grow on a rolling stone. You got two <laughs> phrases mixed up, brother. There's no way moss grows on a rolling stone. No moss grows on a rolling stone. But I'm pretty sure that's a song lyric. No, 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 no. I'm no. pretty sure. We'll have to we'll Google have to that. Check that one on <laughs> Maybe this our listeners can send us a message about that. I don't think moss can grow I, I, on a rolling stone. Illogical. North or south? <laughs> I'm going to go with north. I believe it's north as well. Okay, but I've watched this show about this survivor guy. Yes. And he says you can't believe that because people say it's north. That way when they're lost in the woods, they say, well, moss only grows on the north side of the tree. Therefore, I'm going north. Turns out that's actually false, but it is. They say it's north, more likely north. Yeah. Just to be different, I think it's south. Way to guarantee points, Jet. Jet, that's good because if everyone guesses yes. the same, no one gets a point. <laughs> but if one person gets um, it wrong, everyone else. Flip gets for the southern hemisphere. Just if it, if you're in the southern hemisphere, it would be flipped. It, they'd grow on the south side, and more on the northern hemisphere, it'd be on the north side. Right. It probably if, varies on your location. Yes, and well, significantly probably. If you yeah. listen to, uh, I can't remember the guy's Les Stroud. name. Les Stroud. Les Stroud from <laughs> yes, Survivor Man. Yes, yes. He will tell you very specifically. Do Don't not just go following it. Moss. Don't believe it. Okay. So, next question. That's not the way it used to be. Moss grows fat. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that that was the lyric to that. Question I number four. That. Which <laughs> animal huh. has the best sense of smell? You were right. Ooh. Wolf. Deer. You mean wolf? Or bunnies. Oh, he said it the way my wife says it. Wolf. A wolf. You mean wolf. A wolf. Wolf. Yes. Wolf. Okay. Wolf, deer, bunny. What? Wolf, deer, bear, or bunny? Uh, A deer, because they need to be able to smell the wolf coming. Uh, Bunny. Bunny. (laughs) 
Um, I'm going to say deer. Deer. I'm going to say wolf. Man, none of you guys bear. Black bears have been observed to travel 18 miles in a straight line to a food source. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> you got us. That sounds a lot like my son. Next question. Yeah. If, you camp- <laughs> <laughs> if your campfire smoke hugs the ground, what should you prepare for? Snow, cold, rain, or bears? If it's, uh, it depends. If you are in a straight line between the bear and what is after, definitely prepare for the bear. Uh, but that means cold is coming for sure. Yeah, oh. I think snow. I think snow. What was the third one? Rain. Rain. Hmm. Barometric pressure. You never know. Snow. I've never seen snow. I've never seen a bear. <laughs> and I've never been in a cold place. So I'll go with... Rain? Rain. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what did you guess? Yeah. I did snow. Yeah, it's rain. Good job, Jet. Jet! Way to go. Wow. If, it's, right. if the smoke Is rises in a straight stack, you can anticipate I'm fair weather to, to come. Less if drought. the smoke yes. <laughs> rises in this <laughs> stack as normal but appears to be buffeted downwards once it reaches a certain height, you can bet that a storm's a brewing. Awesome. Last question. question. Six, we have one minute what left. Is a, all right. Quick, quick. What is a group of owls called? A council, a flock, a gaggle, or a parliament? It's a hoot. It's a parliament. It's definitely not a gaggle. That's geese. Uh, so parliament. I'm going to go with, um, what, was, what was A? What was A? A council. I, w- I definitely want a council of owls. Parliament. 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 Oh, good job, guys. It's a parliament. There you so, go. Sorry, Josh. Yeah. So what was the score they there They have been considered us. to be a wi- of wise disp- disposition. Jet wins. Congratulations, Wh- Jet. Really? Three points. Oh. The rookie came in and scored Everyone all of else us. had two points. You're, you're Jet, you're now officially an international radio celebrity. I hope my sister is tuning in right That's now. great. <laughs> hey, and you know what? If she missed it today, noon to two Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night, you just learned another technique, the art of the segue. So <laughs> thank you very much, Jed, for coming by. Thanks, all you guys. And thanks, listeners, for sticking around for the first hour of Live Till 5. We have another hour of Live Till 5 coming up after SRN News. You're listening to us. This episode 270, Friday, June 22nd, 3.59 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios in Barragata, Guam. More Live Till 5 after this break. We're back with the second hour of Live Till 5. It's Friday, June 22nd, 4.04 p.m. If you ever miss part of the show, tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. All two hours of it, rebroadcast on 88.1 FM, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. We do that because we know that many of you cannot be wall-to-wall listeners. You can't just sit down and dedicate two hours of your life to listening to one radio show straight through. 
You're multitasking. You're at work. You're running errands. You're getting in and out of the car. We got it. It's okay. Unless you download the podcast, of course, then you can listen to it straight through at your leisure. Go to khmg.org, download the podcast of this show. We have many other great shows. And I guess by saying it that way, that kind of automatically lumps this show into the category of great shows because I said many other great shows, not just many great shows because then it would be ambiguous whether or not I think this is great. I think it's great. We're, you know, we, we haven't been nominated for any awards lately. Lately. Just lately. Um, you know, in the last, since we've started. But. Just in but, the past 270 episodes. Before phone that, lines are open if people want to. Uh, phone lines are open. <laughs> you can yeah. call in and nominate us for something. Here's a couple of Stranger Than Fiction stories because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. And I do have Josh Taylor still here and Chris Harper. You guys can chime in anytime. This one here, from India, Guwahati, India. <clears throat> Reuters, oddly enough, not Reuters, oddly enough, it's actually the name of that part of the website, Reuters, oddly enough. When bank technicians in India were finally summoned to investigate why an ATM, automatic teller machine, had not been working for days, they began to smell a rat. What they found inside the ATM was almost $18,000 worth of shredded Indian rupee notes and one dead rodent that had somehow eluded the machine security camera uh, for its next and last meal at the State Bank of India. The ATM was out of order for a few days, and when our technicians opened the kiosk, we were shocked to find shredded notes and a dead rat. We've started an investigation into this rare incident and will take measures to prevent a recurrence. Yes, yes, you should, for sure. Uh, how does that happen? I mean... How do you get inside of an ATM? It had to be while they were working on it, and the rat ran in, which means the the presence of rats must be uh, kind of ubiquitous would be the word, but I don't mean to try and show off using a big word. But there, there are rats, must be rats everywhere. If a rat gets in just while you're... Can you imagine that in the soda machine? The guy has it open, he's restocking the cans, and a rat just runs in and gets in there? I can imagine it, yeah, because you might have the machine opened for a right. significant period of time. And wow. Well, the question is, that's a lot of rats. Though. What kind of food was in the ATM machine that the rat wanted to get in? Uh, sure, yeah. that's well, a good question. Well, yeah, did question. the did the ATM uh, you somebody know, technician been, leave his? I was gonna say maybe somebody instead of sliding in their ATM some card, bento sweet and spicy. Yeah, maybe they put some of that stuff in Fish there. Flakes. In which case, I understand. I'd I'd run in after that stuff too. Well, here's another uh, puzzler here. Australian artist emerges alive from a three-day burial under the road in Hobart, Australia. An Australian performance artist who is buried in a steel container under a busy road for 72 hours as part of a so-called dark arts festival was released from a self-imposed prison on Sunday. Mike Parr, 73-year-old performance artist whose creative endeavors typically explored physical limits, was entombed in a mini shipping container. This actually sounds like a great idea. I'm just saying uh, late on Thursday, and the road was resealed above him. Oxygen was pumped into the container where Parr had access to water, reading and writing material, a heater, and a distress button. This isn't what makes this that is a retreat. Yeah, this is like this is going on a sabbatical. Yeah, and no one could bother you. Hopefully, there was no cell service. He probably had cable TV, and uh, the burial act was part of the Mar- dark uh, festival in the island state of Tasmania. It was designed to highlight violence perpetrated by colonialists against Aboriginal communities. The festival said 
on its website. And, and what does that have? What is no, that, that was, have to do with? That was exactly what I thought of as soon as you said someone buried underneath the ground in a container. I was thinking, oh, of course, you thought of uh, why atrocities would, perpetrated by colonials against Aboriginal communities. Why would it not be that? Dark Arts Festival showcase artwork and performances often celebrate ancient rituals. The festival attracted controversy. Um, basically, they put in some inverted red crosses in Hobart uh, in the past. Christian groups really protested that. Um, he's also, before, wrapped himself in fuse wire, then set it alight. Mm. And he also sewed up his face, apparently. so Sounds like a bright fellow. <laughs> wow. I'm... Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to the Dark Arts Festival now. Me now either. that I know what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. Count Ta- me out of Tasmania. Tasmania is off the bucket list. <laughs> uh, here we go. But I am going to try and get in a container with air, water, food, heat. and a panic button, and heat. And the World Cup. If and you the can World get Cup. And, and a se- semi-comfortable, inflatable mattress, and I'm good. I could do more than 72 hours. And I hope you build a road over top of it. That would be ideal. Anyway. <laughs> How about this one? You might have heard of this one. Did uh, it say World restroom? Cup related. It had a bucket. It did say that. I just skipped it. But now everyone knows. <laughs> it's the question everyone was wondering. Yes, a bucket for sanitary purposes, it said. Okay, anyway. In Moscow, Nigerian fans cheering on their national team on Saturday's World Cup match against Croatia will miss an important item uh, in their supporters' toolkit. Chickens. Have you heard about this? No. Live chickens are sometimes seen at soccer matches in Nigeria where fans paint them in the green and white colors of their national flag before holding them aloft and leading crowd chanting. But officials in the Russian uh, exclave of Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad, where, where Nigeria will take on Croatia on Saturday in their first outing, this was this last week, basically, this is a story from a couple days ago, basically uh, said they will not have the animals in the stadium. They're not allowed. And the Minister for Culture and Tourism of Russia said that whilst there had been no official request to do so, some Nigerian fans had asked if it would be possible to bring chickens to the match. I would love to have been sitting there during that conversation. Did it really say... Or like a customer service call. (laughs) Did it really say whilst? Whilst. It said, yes. Whilst. Whilst. It did. Whilst there had been no official... Is that from the BBC? This is from Reuters as well. I just want you to know, out of that entire article, that's what I got out of it. Wow, they really said whilst. Nigeria's soccer federation and the Nigerian embassy in Moscow were not immediately available for comment. Russia's Interfax news agency had earlier quoted Yermak, the guy who's the head of tourism there, saying local authorities would still help Nigerian fans to get the most out of the tournament. Quote, unquote, we will, of course, advise them where to buy a chicken, end quote. Interfax side, I'm saying. We are ready to meet them in the, even the most eccentric request, end quote. Are you Gru? <laughs> it was, that was my best, you know, on short notice. Now they're going to have a complaint that this had an impact on the match because they lost 2-0 to the Croats. Oh, boy. So, I mean, now they're going to think that they have to bring If they would have just the had their chickens. Match. If they would have just had right. their chickens. That's what's going to happen. Oh, boy. I remember, uh, was it during the, I think it was during the the last Summer Olympics, the Greek national team requested to bring into Sochi, or where, maybe it was the Winter Olympics, sorry, the Sochi, they wanted uh, Greek yogurt, and Russia also blocked that shipment as well. They blocked Greek yogurt? For the Greek team. 
I, that seems extreme. But yes, I, it was, it's. It, I mean, I can like imagine Chobani. I think it was Chobani had, was donating Greek yogurt to the Greek team, but it didn't go through the proper customs, and so Russia blocked oh, it I from see. getting to the team. Well, I mean, bringing a live chicken to the match is and a Greek little yogurt, different than just totally getting different. some Greek yogurt to eat it's before. Can you imagine your event? if you let that group of individuals be in charge of the dark arts festival? Oh boy. <laughs> That, now, that would be something I could watch. That road though. would never get resealed. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. So we are talking a little bit about camp today. And uh, I asked Josh to come by, and we also have a little This Day in History. So, Josh, which would you rather do first, history or camp? Well, it, it actually ties together because I am, I'm going to adjust it from This Day in History to our first, our, our first episode of... This generic time frame in history. Okay. All right. So that's very similar to what Lawrence actually does. So that's good. People will feel just, a familiarity, a sense yeah. of familiarity from that. Uh, well, we, we, there were a couple of, uh, from history.com, there were a couple of uh, pretty significant events uh, that happened. And uh, I'm just glad I got this day because apparently June is a lot more uh, significant than those February days when I'm listening oh, live till five. And it's so like, boring. I'm just not really into what happened to bunch Catherine. A bunch the Great. of dead people, basically. Uh, FDR signs the GI Bill. Uh, hey. GI Bill, did you ever have been? I did. From? That's how I paid for college. I graduated debt free because I used my GI Bill. So that's pretty solid stuff right there. Uh, also, on this day, uh, there are several things from the Civil War. Uh, the most uh, significant one is uh, General Lee strikes back at Petersburg. Uh, we None of us could forget the uh, significance of the Battle of Petersburg. Chris, you want to give us a rundown on that? Not yeah. today. <laughs> that was okay. the right between the Battle of Birdsboro and Hickville. Yeah, so I, don't, I, I really don't remember the Battle of, of no, Petersburg. No, me neither. Um, now, speaking of World Cup, yes. which I have not I, – I, I have been more bitter about this sporting event than really any in recent memory simply because I don't have cable at home. No good highlights are available on YouTube without showing you the scores. Correct. And Fox Sports, which great sports, but they block us on that. Guam yep. because we are international. Yep. And therefore, I have zero way of watching the games, and I am yep. in my own way boycotting the yes. World Cup. And I have complained to them on Twitter, and they refuse to respond. Which I find interesting because if you complain to ESPN or something, they will respond to you. And I've done it publicly, and then a bunch of people retweeted it and stuff, and they still didn't. They didn't respond. First, they, they don't let you bring it. your chickens to the match, and now they don't like, broadcast the I game. I can understand very much not allowing things like the NFL, yeah, American sports. This is the World Cup, and yeah. so last time I checked, Guam is in the world. I haven't fact checked that one yet, <laughs> right. but last time I we'll checked, get back to you. But speaking of happier times with the World Cup, back on June 22nd, this day in history, yes, Chris, I expect you'd be able to explain this one, the hand of God. The hand of God. Mm. That is um, when Argentina won the World Cup final, Diego Maradona went in for a header, stuck his hand in the air. Knocked the ball into the back of the net, and then after the World Cup, of course, everybody saw that he knocked it in uh, with his hand. The referee did except not, except the referee, supposedly, right? And um, he said that it wasn't him who put his hand up and knocked the ball in the back of the net. It must have been 
the hand of God. And that's why it's called the hand of God. Okay, so that part I actually didn't know. I, yes. I very, and there's actually that's, that's still from him. still frame you know it's posters horrific. and stuff of him it's, with his hand out. It's and when your yeah. hand's extended away from the body, it's a it's a hand. Oh, it's an intention intentionally oh. handling the ball, and it's a. I don't know what the rule Def- was at that time. I don't know if that was a. I might have been a red card at that time. I'm not red sure what the rule defense. was back then. Yeah, I don't know. On defense, it's, defense it's it would be card. a red card. Yeah, but on offense, I believe if you use your hand intentionally handling the ball to score at back then, the rule might have been it, it was at least should have been a yellow card, but possibly a red card. It did just happen uh, the Japan game, I believe. Right? Uh, didn't uh, who Japan was playing? Uh, defensive red card in the first five minutes of the game yeah it Uh, did happen yeah that was against i don't know who that was against it was against colombia was it japan colombia japan colombia and colombia then went on to lose two Two to one one. yeah Mm -hmm. and they played that entire the 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 last 90 minutes of the game down a man that's rough that's Uh, hard for any team this day in history a couple things with uh, World War II, uh, but Germany launches Operation Barbosa, the invasion That's of right. wow. Russia. Yeah, and Barbosa. just while well, Stalingrad is the most famous of those battles, yeah, no one has ever been able to conquer the Russian winter. Yeah. And so, anytime you invade Russia, just make sure you do it in the summer. Napoleon had the same <laughs> problem, right? Didn't he also in case, lose? In case you're thinking about invading Russia. <laughs> Well, advice. Wait, hmm. wait until the summer. Okay. It's just come on, seriously. Go skiing it's, at Vale, invade Russia. Yeah. Hmm. And then here's a little. Uh, in 1964, Dan Brown was born. What is his most famous novel? The. I know. It's the something about a painting. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't da Vinci remember. Code. The da Vinci yes. Code. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Fictional novel. And. In 2011, this one is from the crime section. Oh, my my specialty. A notorious mobster from Boston is arrested. Whitey what Bulger. Is Whitey. Whitey Bulger. Bulger. Is it Bul- Bulger? Bulger. Bulger. It is yeah, Bulger. Yeah, he was, he was America's most wanted. After Osama bin Laden was killed, Whitey Bulger became number one on the FBI's most wanted list. Wow. And he evaded capture um, for years, for years. And his bro- while his brother sat in prison, his brother had been the Speaker of the House in the state legislature in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. That was part of the whole how high the corruption went. So he is the head of the a whole big crime syndicate, and his brother was the head of like the number one political guy besides the governor. Wow! I just Boston and mob. Who would have ever put those two together? <laughs> I oh, man. didn't didn't think that that could have happened. Oh, All right, now a little bit more of this general time frame in history. Back in June of 1995. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got my first summer job doing what? It's Michigan, mm-hmm. summertime. Mowing the grass? That is what all my other friends chose, and I said, I do not. They were working 70-hour weeks and making $150 an Bailing hour. Bailing hay. That is what my dad did in the summer times. I was closer to the farm. I was picking corn. Oh, oh okay. Picking corn, six sure. o'clock in the Harder morning. Harder than it sounds. Yep. It is. It was wetter than it sounds. You really don't think of the wetness, but you get out there at six in the morning and the dew is just all oh, over yeah. the place. And 
you come out completely soaked. Yep. Was the corn as high as an elephant's eye? It was. Uh, it was taller than I was. Um, but the hole is high That's from as Oklahoma. an elephant high. Okay. I'm Obscure not... music, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein musical reference. Yeah, there. so you got that one. You didn't get the moss grows fat on a rolling no, stone. No, I, I but, did not but get that one. Let's bust out hell. Oklahoma here. Well, yeah, that's well, uh, you know, I'm classically trained. All right, now, speaking of camp. Yes. Which we are now, speaking of camp. Yes. Uh, What's the name of the this, first camp you went to, by the way? Date in, this generic date in history is when I attended my first camp, basketball camp. And that would have been June of 1997. I'm at a basketball camp at Northland Baptist Bible College. Wow. And at that basketball camp, my team, Jeremiah Gross, Marcus Krakenfels, myself, Chris Smith, uh, we had just won the uh, Michigan Association of Christian Schools Division II State Championship. And it really doesn't get any bigger than that. Wow. Yes, the Michigan Association of Christian Schools. You guys came two. rolling onto campus and, uh, and, and like had like uh, we actually marching we were, band and stuff. Yeah. No, but we it was in have, slow motion and there yep. was music playing yeah. behind it. Uh, and an we, brought our, we brought our own smoke. Yes, okay, our own yeah. smoke. Right. Uh, but it was staying low to the ground, which meant that the rain was coming. Rain was on its and way. And we were the storm. The storm was coming. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and, but no, but we did have our own T-shirts that we uh, mm-hmm. had to make for ourselves. Who was the, how tall um, was the tallest guy on this division uh, too? This <laughs> Chris Smith was a solid six foot, maybe a half inch, six foot, okay. half inch. All right. Uh, Jeremiah, Just to give our listeners some perspective here, this was not LeBron James. Jeremiah Gross, my best friend, who is uh, half Filipino, uh, he was our best player, and he was a good solid 5'6". Uh, what does this have to do with camp? It was on that court, Pioneer Fitness Center court, in June of 1997, when I got my first official with witness dunk on a 10-foot basketball rim. It also was the last time that I got my official dunk on a basketball rim. Uh, was it like lowered was, for maintenance that or was, something? That was pre-multiple ACL surgeries. Oh, yes. So, I've been there for one of your ACL yeah, injuries, and it yes. is terrible. Yeah, it's not It's like a not guitar a string breaking, yeah. yes. Uh, so, okay, so your first camp was Northland, Northland. Camp, right? And uh, and did you work camp. for Northland Camp later uh, on? I did two summers of uh, Northland Camp. My first summer after my freshman year, I did op staff working in communications. Uh, and then after my junior year of camp, uh, I was a camp counselor. Mm. And there is nothing better to prepare you for going into education, specifically as a teacher, than doing a year of summer camp counseling. Yeah, awesome. It awesome. teaches you everything you need about uh, not just the interaction with the students, but the, the need for constant excitement, uh, energy, motivation. Uh, loved it. Loved and the it. camp director at that time? The camp director at that time uh, was, yes, it was. It was, uh, well, the camp, uh, I don't know how the, it was, it was Professor Marty Heron. Yep, yep, uh, Mr. Heron. And he, yep. yeah, we, we, doctor, professor, uh, instructor, the, also the individual who gave me my, uh, I, I, he gave me my first C. I earned my first C ever uh, <laughs> from him. Um but that was an intro to counseling. Obviously, you can tell intro to counseling. My it first worked. C ever. Yeah. I have completely overcome that. Yeah, the, I mean, the dealt fear, with the bitterness, the, the uh, false evidence appearing real. Yeah, um, because there was no false evidence. It was just straight up real. That was a real C that I got. Uh, but camp was by far one of the the uh, most complicated, uh, challenging, but beneficial experiences, both as a camper uh, and then especially as a counselor. 
Uh, and man, I just, I, I loved it. Got some memories of it. Uh, the skits that we did, I was the, uh, uh, I don't want to say, I was just kind of one of the uh, the lead actors in the Bluish Brothers. I was the lead actor, also author, writer, uh, prop director, but I also, that same summer, had a chance to work with Aaron Englehart. Oh. He was my butler wow. in the skit, The Bluish Brothers. Wow. So, wow, small world. Everything re intersects out here in this yep, part of the world. It is. It was pretty awesome stuff. And Aaron was, of course, a camp major. Yeah. Uh, and now he's out here running our cool school right yep. now and getting ready for our couple of weeks of camp. That's right. I'm going to mention that towards the end of the show, all the details about the upcoming camp. Now, Chris, did you go to camp when you were a kid? Never did go to camp. No. no. Have you ever worked no. at a camp? Never worked at a camp. The only time I've ever been at a camp was when we would do a retreat once a year in high school. We'd go to a camp, mm-hmm. but it was only a couple of days. Like, we'd like go rent out the days. camp and conference center, basically. Right. And then uh, we somebody uh, gave us, um, basically gave us a gift of going to family camp. And uh, then I realized why I never went to camp before. <laughs> so... Well, uh, I'm sure there's a lot to that. Maybe uh, Josh could share some of the intro to counseling, uh, and you guys can. Uh, but my first camp experience, I didn't know what camp was. I had, right. My parents were new Christians. The church was taking the uh, upper elementary students to a camp in southern Kansas called Camp Quaker Haven. And I tried to pull up Camp Quaker Haven's uh, website. Wow. And it was um, not surprisingly um, underwhelming. Uh, Quaker Haven, you know, it's kind of they're kind of a subdued group anyway. If it's the the heaven on earth for Quakers, it's really just the thing is though. I uh, the pictures on the website these are these are pictures from like my era, like the 1980s that of going there. Check out those shorts. I that know is quite the outfit. Yeah, it's like a, one of those football type jerseys, and uh, yeah, it's it, white socks and black shoes and. The same basketball court. They had one of those slides there that um, it was you ride a burlap bag or a potato sack mm-hmm. down the slide. And if you could wax the slide, it, you'd go faster. So what you do is you take the Pepsi cups from the cantina. And after you're done drinking your Pepsi, you crush it flat and you put it underneath your burlap bag. And when you go down the slide, it would wax the slide. The uh, wax off of the paper cup would leave wax on the slide and make it faster and faster. The problem is we're doing all the work for the camp. So we're you go down the slide super slow because you're sitting on top of a bunch of crushed paper cups, but you're putting wax on there, and then you have to run all the way 150 yards back up the hill to go up. You know, it's just exhausting, totally exhausting. Anyway, that was my first experience, Camp Quaker Haven. Then I went to Camp Lookaway in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. It's not there anymore. I don't know what happened to it. I could not find any trace of it. Um, there was a camp in our area our church went to. I never got to go to this one. Camp Idrahaji, named after the famous George Beverly Shea, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And they used everything. It was kind of like a Native American theme, but it was all made up words. So I don't know if that's still politically Sounds correct Sounds like or not. Uh, Camp Kukawaka Woods. Exactly. It's very similar to that. And uh, so I looked up why the camping phenomenon. Yeah. And in the 1800s, basically with all these families moving, late 1800s, they all moved to the cities for industrialization, for work. There was this um, romantic notion of, hey, living out more away from the city, what their parents had grown up with, having the woods and the lakes. And, and it was kind of a exaggerated notion 
but it was still in the parents' minds and they felt like their kids were missing out. Then with compulsory education in the late 1800s, like 1880s, now the kids could not just go out and go hunting, fishing, swimming, things like that. Even if they lived in a warm climate, they had to um, wait till the summertime. So uh, camps started up, and some of these camps, I have a list of the oldest camps in America. Some of them go back, way, way back, but almost all of them started in New England. It was, hmm. which when I was in New Hampshire, I worked at a ministry where they had a camp. Paradise Farms is the oldest camp in America that they're aware of, 1877. It was a co-ed camp in Downington, Pennsylvania, and um, it's, it basically started on a farm, and the families that lived in the cities sent their sons and daughters basically out to the country. And um, say for how long was it? Uh, they, you could go really actually for the whole summer, it looks like, but uh, weeks at a time. But from 1877 to 1910, it grew from just a few students, 12 students, to 3,000 children in one summer on 25 different farm properties. And so, and they're still around over obviously 120, 130 years old. So anyway, camping, we have a camp coming up here and I wanted to just say a little bit about this. Devin, have you ever been to any camps? Yes. Did you go to harvest camp last summer? Yes. What did you like about it? It was cool. Yeah? What are some of the fun things you did at camp? Um, the fun thing about camp is playing a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Make some new friends and stuff like that as well. What about the food? Yes, don't forget about the food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the food's supposed to be a big, big draw for kids because uh, they get to eat a lot and they get to, you know, have the freedom to choose some of their food and things like that maybe whereas it when they're at home they eat what everyone else is eating so teen camp is coming up here at harvest pacific rim christian camp july 2nd through the 7th ages basically students going into seventh grade through 12th grade and starts on july 2nd and ends on july 7th and our speaker is our former youth pastor aaron scott is coming back so cost of 150 dollars that is all inclusive all the activities all the food everything the kids can bring a few extra dollars. I think they have like a little snack shop, but I think they even have like snacks that don't cost anything. So yeah, it's a it's a killer deal, and it starts on July second. Is that correct? Yes, July second. Devin, July second. You got to know this one. That's What's now that that's teen camp. What's July second? Annabelle's birthday. Who? Annabelle. Yep, it's Annabelle's birthday. Is she going uh, into uh, rising seventh through twelfth grade? She's going to eighth grade, so she's going go. to camp on awesome. her birthday. It's perfect. That's my that's my birthday gift. That's to a her. cheap week for you, actually. Um, when you when you get teenage boys, eventually, when Devin gets a little older, you actually save money on this deal. Um, when my boys would go to camp, we actually saved yeah. on groceries. groceries yeah. Uh, and power. We turn their, we let their rooms get up to 100 degrees while they were gone. Junior camp is July 9th through the 13th, only $115, rising 3rd through 6th graders. That's the 9th through the 13th. And um, we have, actually, Ken Keith and Brian Leonard will be both speaking at that. So there's a lot of information on our website about Pacific Rim Christian Camp. You can go to the hbcguam.org and uh, click on there. And I think you can even apply through the website itself. So there you go. Well, Josh, what are you guys doing this weekend? This weekend, uh, we, for the first time, when uh, you ever been to Home Depot and you look at their oops paint? Oh, yeah. Well, we uh, we finally 
walkthrough, and they had some oops paint, and it was a color that my wife liked. And so we have been repainting the interior of our house with some Home Depot oops exterior gray paint. Okay. So it is very, very solid, uh, uh, durable, because we had a lot of yellow and white, and... uh, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but children tend to touch the walls. Oh, yeah. And so we we just had a lot of stains that we took a, I, I believe the first, um, we had an eggshell type of a yellow and then an eggshell white. Yeah. And they turned that eggshell and turned it into yolk shell. <laughs> and so we were able to get a lot of that painting done. So started the painting yesterday. Um, I, of course, got stuck with the trim. There's nothing more unsatisfying than doing the trim because here you have i got my my daughter my wife going all over the place with the two rollers they're just covering uh dozens of square feet every roll and i am making it about seven linear feet over the course of 15 minutes and it's not as satisfying you just don't get that sense of like you walked out of the room and you see all the progress you made so, well, hey, I hope you enjoy oh, getting yeah. the painting Thanks done. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Sounds like fun. I don't have to do that this weekend. And uh, Chris, you'll be back after the break. So yep. w- listeners, stick around. Thanks a lot for coming by, Josh. Hey, no problem. Glad and thanks it. for coming by, Devin. See you next time. All right. It is Friday, June 22nd, 434 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. want to invite you to come back after this short break where you can listen to the rest of the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about soccer and uh, the World Cup, as well as I have some more information on camps. I'll reiterate the information about Harvest Christian uh, Academy, Harvest Baptist Church Camp, Pacific Rim Christian Camp, and uh, we'll be talking about a few countries at the end of the show where it's hard to be a Christian, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show as well. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 270 on this Friday, June 22nd, 435 p.m. More live till 5 after this. And we're back with a few more minutes left live till 5. It's 4.37 p.m. on this Friday, June 22nd. Chris and I are here. We're going to talk a little bit about World Cup. It is the biggest sporting event on the globe, on the planet, which would make it the biggest sporting event in the universe. So not to overstate it too much, but uh, Chris, give us a little update. What's going on in the World Cup? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of matches. Yeah. It'd be hard to keep up on every single match. I'm sure there are some people that... Yeah. But you'd have to... I mean, watching the World Cup, if you watched every match, it'd be like a part-time job. Yeah, there's 20... As of last night, there was 22 matches, and there was going to be two more matches. So I think we're through 24 matches, I believe. Like Tuesday, there are four matches. Yeah. Uh, Two at the same time. Saudi Arabia versus Egypt and Uruguay versus Russia. Those are both at midnight uh, Guam time. And then... Iran versus Portugal at 4 a.m. and Spain versus Morocco at 4 a.m. So there's still potential for some upsets, but most of the favorites are in the lead right now. Like Russia and Uruguay in Group A are in the lead, and probably uh, Egypt and Saudi Arabia have no chance of getting through. But Spain and Portugal are only on four points each. So Iran, if they can beat 
Did you say they were playing Portugal? If they yeah. can beat Portugal, they can go through and knock out Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal. That would be... Which would be... I mean... I think that would be the exciting Guam, to see. The, but the Guam national team did beat Iran. No, no, no Iran beat them heavily. heavily. They suffered a Oh, that's right. It was no. Oman. Yes, Oman. That's that it. That they yeah. beat. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I was at that match. That's why I knew that. Uh, France is way out ahead in their group um, and Denmark. I watched the Denmark... Australia game last night, very good match. Um, but I was really hoping that Australians would pull it out. But Peru is pulling up uh, the the rear on that one, unfortunately. Um, Peru, see, hadn't been in the World Cup in like thirty two years or thirty four years, so people had high hopes, and they've got some good players. And I was rooting for them a little bit because one of their strikers is reportedly signing with my team, Seattle Sounders. Oh. Very good uh, uh, league high score in me- the Mexican league, but so I was a little biased on that. I wanted to see Peru do well. Uh, Croatia, who we mentioned earlier, is at the top of their group, and Iceland still has a chance of going through in that group. And they're known for being the smallest team, right? Ever. Smallest country ever in the World Cup. Argentina is almost certainly out. After suffering a 3-0 loss. Wow. I, actually, I don't think they can go through at this point. It shows you that a a team cannot only ride on the shoulders of one player. It, yeah. You have to have a team. Yeah. And they've got other great players, but not a great team. Yeah. You know how that sometimes yeah. works where you get a bunch of great players together, but they don't really fit? And so they that's what they have. So uh, I think Argentina, frankly, if they... I think they maybe could still get through, but it's but it's going to be rough. So uh, Serbia and Brazil, well, Serbia is out ahead in their group, Group E, but Brazil still only has one point and no wins so far. So we'll see what they do tonight. Uh, Sweden and Mexico are out in front. Germany, zero points. But they've only played one game, so it's not too bad. Belgium and England are at the top of their group, three points. And then Japan... And Senegal, the favorites in uh, Group H. So I saw a little video of Senegal, down. their fans cleaning up their areas in the stands right. after they were done celebrating. Uh, from what I hear, it must it's something that they do at the home stadiums or something. Wow, that's neat. That's is neat. what I what I hear. So yeah, that was a pretty interesting. Usually, it's fans doing something horrible. Just the opposite, right? right. Ripping the seats and out and things like that. This is fans doing something great. The opposite of the hooligans. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's been, uh, I only got to watch two games. They were both at 10 o'clock, and I, I took a couple of days off, so I was able to just come in uh, late here to the station and watch. We have cable in the other room over here, and I was able to watch two games, Australia in both of them, because I was rooting for Australia a little mm-hmm. bit. Just kind of, I'm trying to root for all the underdog teams right, a sure, little bit. sure. So I was really hoping for a win last night, but they did well against France, but they wound up losing that game. So it was uh, France, Australia, and then last night, France versus Denmark, underdogs in both contests. But I thought they were the better team last night. Unfortunately, they got a draw 1-1. So those are the only two that I've personally seen. Because the, the others are at 1 a.m. and 4 a.m., the other games. So it's pretty much the only the 10 o'clock game that you can – 
have a chance of really watching around here. I'm really curious about how Croatia is going to do against Iceland because they're playing Iceland Wednesday at 4 a.m. Well, and they're going to play. They're probably going to play. If you think about it, they're going to play their lesser players. They won't right, play their right. first choice lineup. And Iceland is very hard to beat. And that's isn't very that kind of what happened to uh, the United States team, though? And that's kind of how we lost is they chose to play with some lesser players. And, uh, for example, um, and I, I could be wrong about this, but in World, Cl- World Cup match play, you only get a limited number of substitutions. And That's in every match. Limited roster. So, oh. but unlike high school soccer or college oh. soccer, where it's it's unlimited uh, substitutions. Three substitutions. That's in every FIFA game, though. Yep. So you get just three. So. Yeah. So that's the professional game now is just the three substitutions. Then the other thing that makes it difficult is you do have a limited roster. It's only 23 players. So that's it. And you can't replace them. If a guy goes down hurt, you just lose a player. Yeah. Simple as that. So And plenty of guys have gotten hurt already. A guy got three broken ribs and a punctured lung uh, either last night or the night before. So, I mean, guys have gotten significant injuries uh, already. The video that's going around a lot is the uh, player that one player just patted him on the back like they were all walking off the field, and the player collapsed, holding his back, looking for the you know the foul, and it oh. was a total flop. Yeah, it was really. I didn't bad. see that one. I really, really that. bad. Yes, really, really bad. And uh, yeah, that's that's that's. Do you know what team Twitter. it was? Man, they were wearing white, and it, the player in red is the one who patted him on the back. I'll look it up because oh, yeah. it was it it was on one of my Twitter feeds, and wow. and of course. People that don't understand soccer use that as a way to criticize, you know. Right. Then what you tweet back to them, if they tweet you that, is the pictures of, you know, LeBron James not being touched at all and yet falling down onto the floor. Yes. Yeah. And then say, it's not just, I mean, people do stupid things. And then just, you know, uh, send them a link to a Bible verse about sin nature. You know, there you go. Exactly. It's, you know, people are dishonest and deceive. And yeah, they're selfish. where there's people, there's going to be stupid stuff going That's on. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So, okay, so Chris, now we World Cup's been going on for a little while now. So who do you pick as the favorite to win? Who do you think will win? Well, all the favorites right now are doing poorly. Germany, Brazil, Argentina, France. France is doing okay. Spain. I think still that... But France is facing Denmark later this week. France so. is facing Denmark, which they shouldn't have a... If, if last night's game against Australia is any indication, they won't have any trouble with Denmark. So I think, I, for me, it's between France and Spain at this mm-hmm. point. Really? Now, just after seeing a couple of the matches, I, I'm not, I would love... I, I, that's not what's in my heart. I would right. love to see another team yeah. that hasn't won a World Cup win it. Yeah. I'm not sure which one. But I would if somebody can get to the quarters that hasn't been hasn't won one and, and do well, I would love to see that happen. Maybe that, Croatia you know, could Maybe be Croatia. Croatia. Why not? I like some of the players they have at Croatia team, and so you know Serbia was good the other night too. Um, uh, they have a couple of players that are great international, a uh, great yeah. um, club players for their teams like Roma. I can't remember the name of the guy who got the free kick the other night and. Uh, but he plays for Roma in Italy. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of teams still in it that I think they could do some damage if they get to the quarterfinals. 
And if if teams like Argentina and Brazil are out, I, it's a little too early to rule out Brazil. But if if some of the big teams like Germany perhaps get knocked out, now everything's gonna be everything's gonna be a lot more even. Yeah, from then on. Yeah, and then teams so. that didn't qualify are gonna really be no pun intended kicking themselves. They're just gonna yeah. be really because with the big teams out. Yeah. Their chances would have I been mean, a lot better. Imagine what a team like Italy could have done in a World Cup like this with yeah. some of these other teams stumbling. But I don't think any game's an easy game for these teams, and that's why you're seeing some of the upsets and some of the draws. Yeah. So, are the venues okay there in Russia? Have you heard anything about how the venues are? Well, they have a professional, you know, a top tier league there. So um, most of the venues that I've seen uh, have been very good, and that's because they have a a top-class league Mm -hmm. there that plays in European competition. I'm sure some of the venues are not up to the standard of maybe a European venue or even a South American potential venue but or a North American venue now. Yeah. Uh, But but I think, yeah, most of them are very good. If they play in Zenit or if they play in um, Sochi, if they're playing some of these others, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I just remember when the Sochi Olympics, they were pulling things together at the last minute and – a lot yeah. of uh, negative publicity uh, from their venue there. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. it. Next week, we'll next week we'll know. Really, we'll have a pretty good idea yeah. of who the well who's who, going to go, who made it out of the group stage yeah, at right, least, right. and then those. Ma- it becomes a lot simpler after the group stage is over. Right now, it's just who's in the last sixteen. Right then, who's in the last eight? Who's in the last four? Yeah, and it's a lot simpler after groups. Although the group stage matches are the more exciting because you have the smaller nations right, with a right, potential right. to win. If Iceland get out of the group. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. The TV numbers the other night, by the way, it was like 98.5% of all televisions in Iceland oh, wow. were tuned to the World Cup. Wow. What was the other 1.5% yeah. watching? What were they thinking? Uh, uh, Icelandic uh, uh, version of Matlock? I mean, why would you <laughs> Why would you not be watching that? That Your, your little island nation. I mean, man. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, Chris, thanks for uh, sharing that with us today. And thanks for keeping us up to speed. I'm going to just go through a few quick facts and trends about uh, camps in America because we do have our camp coming up here, Pacific Rim Christian Camp. Junior Camp is the second week of July this year. And the the first week of July is our senior high camp. You can go to our website, hbcguam.org, and you can look at our summer programs and camp Pacific Rim Christian Camp is one of those. I'd encourage you to sign your kids up. It's great. They're going to get great preaching. They're going to get great food, great games. They're going to build some good relationships. Uh, We have the best possible camping staff you could imagine. Just really a blessing. It's safe. It's fun for them. And it's very affordable. The senior high camp or the high school camp, 7th through 12th grade, is only $150 for the whole week. Junior camp's only 115 We have a guest speaker, former youth pastor from here. Aaron Scott's coming back with his wife, Liz. It's going to be really awesome. A lot of great decisions are made at Christian Camp. And this is out of our church, but it's open to other people in the community as well. Now, camp is apparently a big business in the States. Uh, $18 billion industry, last time they measured. More than 14,000 day and resident camps exist in the U.S. 8,400 are resident or overnight camps. 5,600 are day camps, kind of like our cool school would be considered 
a day camp. Each year, more than 14 million children and adults attend camp in the U.S., and uh, camps employ more than 1.5 million camp staff to work at the various camp positions all across the country. 44% of camps offer specialized programs for individuals with disabilities. 93% accredited camps offer some form of financial assistance to over 1 million children who are economically deprived families, have special medical needs or special situations that might preclude them from attending camp programs. 86% of all camps offer recreational swimming. 63% offer camping skills. 47% climbing and rappelling. 34% horseback. 75% team building. 41% community service. 23% farming, ranching, gardening. 21% wilderness. Those are all different types of programs offered. Obviously here on Guam, we can't offer all those things, but they don't have on here jet skiing and um, all the fun things they can do at the beach. Half of camps report having community service or good deed programs incorporated into their programs. 49% of camps report some relationship to a school or a church curricula, including Pacific Rim Christian Camp. Um, actually, former camp director Marty Heron, now Pastor Marty Heron, said that uh, camps are biblical, kind of tongue-in-cheek, because Moses and Jesus both were into camp ministry. Moses, because uh, it's just like camp work. They were intense. They complained about the food and the lodgings, and so that goes right along with camp work. If you've ever worked in camp, you know that that is true. Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with the last last minute or two of the show. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 270 on this Friday, June 22nd. Stick around for the last Alive Till 5 after this short break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. Again, if you ever miss the show, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m., you can catch us as we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. Download the podcast, khmg.org. Love to have you have access to this show and many other great shows we produce here at Harvest Family Radio through our website, khmg.org. Let us know you're listening through Facebook. You can interact with us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio, Guam, Follow us. Let us know you're listening. Send us a, a message, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Now, as I wrap up the show this last couple of minutes, I've been going through this Open Doors 50 Countries Where It's Most Dangerous to Follow Jesus World Watch List of 2018. Country number 16. Remember, we started a couple months ago. Number one was North Korea. Now, country number 16, Uzbekistan. They have source of persecution is dictatorial paranoia. That's the first time I've seen that. 30 million people, 350,000 Christians, main religion is Islam. Highly authoritarian presidential republic of government. And although violence against Christians is only at 21%, I mean, any violence is bad, but 21% relative to some of the other countries is not as bad. Church life is almost totally forbidden, 96% of pressure. National life, 80%. Community life, 78%. Family life, 72.5%. Private life, 93%. The general Islamic culture makes life for converts to Christianity particularly difficult. The police, secret service, and Mahala 
Local authorities monitor religious activity, and state authorities regularly raid non-registered churches. All Christian communities experience some form of persecution, but it's the indigenous Christians with a Muslim background who bear the brunt of persecution at the hands of the state and from family, friends, and community. Prayer points, pray for change and for acceptance of Christianity in Uzbekistan. Pray for Baptists, Evangelicals, and Pentecostals who are threatened, raided, fined, and arrested. No religious activities beyond state-run or state-controlled institutions are allowed. And pray for believers placed under house arrest by Muslim families. Pray that Christian women forced to marry would trust God. So, hard for us to even imagine what that's like. We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We have the freedom to worship, the freedom to assemble, freedom to have this radio show. And as lighthearted as this show is, we get to proclaim the gospel on this radio station 24 hours a day, and we get to speak what we believe is the truth from God's Word, talk about God, sing His praises, and uh, we don't really know what it's like to face that kind of persecution that they do in Uzbekistan. So it's good for us to remember and pray for, and pray for God to take the gospel there with other Christians as well. And I do want to encourage you, before we wrap up the show, we're down to the last two minutes here, but... I want to invite you to come to church on Sunday. Harvest Baptist Church, 9.30 a.m. is our adult Bible fellowship time. We have programs for kids of all ages. We even have a nursery, but then we have an, a combined Sunday school class, adult Bible fellowship. We have a guest speaker this week, Thad Todd. It would be great to have him up here. And then Sunday morning worship service is 10.30 a.m. Sunday evening, 6 p.m. service. I have the privilege of speaking this Sunday evening. I'd love for you to come and and, uh, introduce yourself. If you come as a result of listening to this radio show, please let me know by coming up and introducing yourself and telling me that you hear the show. Give me your honest opinion about it. Love to hear from you. And, of course, you can contact Harvest Baptist Church at any time if you ever need anything, counseling, uh, encouragement, and then use our website as a resource. Harvest Family Radio's website, khmg.org, has all kinds of resources. You can look up sermons by, by title, by topic, by preacher, by uh, biblical passage. You download those as podcasts or MP3s and listen to them at your convenience to help build you up in your own Christian life. And we do that so that we are a resource to you. And we are so blessed to be able to do this show every Friday afternoon, 270 episodes this Friday, June 22nd. It's been a blessing to be with you today. Thanks to all the guys that came up. Thank you to you listeners for sticking around for two hours of live till five. You're listening to us here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News and have a great weekend. <laughs>